Hey, 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 welcome back. It's been a minute. Your boy was under the weather, but now I'm feeling 100% great. And I'm ready to talk about some of this mess I've been seeing for the last week and a half. Today's title is, Is it important to be right or get it right? Sports edition. I'll talk more after the intro. title is is it more important to be right or get it right sports edition let me also add miscellaneous to that as well because i want to talk about something else at the end that has nothing to do with sports it's more or less about a tv show i just got done watching and you know we all like to walk around and think we are right most of the time and when someone tells us that we are wrong we kind of you know, we always are going to defend our, our point of view to it is shown to us that we are wrong. So I'm always going to be on the premise of let's get it right. And this past week and a half, while your boy was down, I've seen a lot of things that, that people thought they were right about, but they need to get it right. Like, for instance, just read about the Adrian Peterson situation. This brother borrowed $5.2 million to pay off some people that he owed money to. Not only did he not pay those people off, he still owes the people he brought the money from in the first place. So now they're getting ready to sell some of his memorabilia. And he said that that's not the case. Um, they shouldn't be selling. I'm not selling my trophies. I'm not broke. But if you're not broke, then why are you borrowing the money? Why are you owing people? Um, I know Shannon and Ocho debated it, and I watched that a little bit of it. My question is, why is it that majority of the NFL players are going broke? That's another segment, but in Adrian Peterson's case, he thinks he's right for trying to be able to say i'm not broke y'all this this is a misunderstanding i will never do this in this case to get this right maybe you should sell your stuff maybe you should settle all your debts and of course i also read another article say he's he's not against coming back to the nfl i guess not if you ain't got no money see it says he made a total of $100 million. That's what he's made over the course of his career. How much, how much of that money do you still have? That's question number one. Question number two is, why are you borrowing money if you ain't broke? Broke people don't need, but people who are not broke don't need to borrow money, right? I know people say this all the time. Rich people go borrow loans. They put stuff on credit. They even file bankruptcy from time to time, and I get that. But I'm not in that situation. I'm I'm from the school of, if you have the money, you pay what you owe. If you can't pay what you owe, you set up a payment arrangement. 
So, once again, dude went and got some money, a loan, to pay off what he owed, but he hasn't done nothing. We don't even know what he did with the money that he borrowed. So now he owes two different people. And now they want to confiscate what's in his storage unit. They want to take whatever it is and settle for everything on the dollar. I believe that's what the judgment has said. You can read the article. You can get back with me and leave comments in the comment section of this of, of this of this episode. Adrian Peterson, to get this right, brother, you just need to pay what you owe. And let's just settle settle everything on the dollar. Walk away while you still have some dignity, while you still have some class. The right thing to do from now on, don't borrow any money. Therefore, you ain't got to worry about trying to make sure everything is right on the up and up. But since we're just talking about football in this segment, let's also talk about two quarterbacks that potentially might be looking for new places to play. Russell Wilson, probably any day now, between March 1st and up until when they have to let him go, the Denver Broncos are going to cut Russell Wilson. No one's going to trade and get that money because he has a huge salary that he's got to pay for this year. I believe it was around $39 million. The question is, are the Denver Broncos doing right by Russell Wilson by cutting him? Yes, they are. Because number one, Sean Payton doesn't like him as his quarterback. Yes, I know Sean Payton has been gone from football and last year. He did some incredible things. I think they had like a, a nice little win streak, but he's not trying to build an offense around Russell Wilson. He's just not. Sean Payton is from the Bill Parcells School of Coaching. And if you know how Sean Payton likes to get down, he has to, in a sense, have a, I guess, a bond with his quarterback like he did with Drew Brees. I'm assuming. But to be honest, Russell does need a, a climate change because Denver is not it for him. He needs to go somewhere where he's going to be respected, where they're going to allow him to play the, the way his attributes allow him to be played. He's not playing the way he was playing in Seattle. He looks worse in Denver, and I just hope wherever he goes, he has an opportunity to right the ship of what the rest of his career should look like. The other quarterback in question is Justin Fields. Chicago Bears have to do right by him because right now they have the number one pick, and Caleb Williams is sitting there. He's going to probably be the first quarterback off the board. The question is, do you keep Justin Fields or do you take Caleb Williams and you trade for something else? <coughs> Excuse me. The problem with this scenario is Chicago always seems to go get a quarterback. They don't develop them or they go get some main P. They, they just don't develop quarterbacks. They went to the Super Bowl back in 06 and Rex Grossman was their quarterback. They went and brought in Jay Cutler as their quarterback. For some crazy reason, they put on that Bears uniform. They don't know how to be quarterbacks anymore. Justin Fields has an opportunity to still be a pro bowler, probably a Hall of Famer, but I don't think he's going to get it done in a Bears uniform. So the right thing to do in this situation, they probably going to do, they're probably going to trade Justin Fields. When will that happen? 
who knows? But the right thing to do would be to let Justin Fields go, let him go somewhere else, and y'all just start over. Because if you don't and you keep Justin Fields, you're going to have to pay him. And if you don't want to pay him, then they're going to want to franchise him. And this could be just an ugly situation. If you do not see Justin Fields as your future at the quarterback position, because getting the right quarterback is the key to winning a Super Bowl. And if that's what you guys want to do, then you need to figure out a way to develop Justin Fields and let him do what he does. I believe he has the tools. I believe he has a lot of potential to take the Bears where they need to go. Any team. I don't just think I just think the Bears just are are messed up in some kind of way where they just don't develop quarterbacks. They don't I, I don't know what it is. But they have to make a decision soon. So the right thing to do would be let this brother go so he can go somewhere and prove his worth. Let him cook somewhere else. Now, for my Detroit Lions. Right now, I trust the brain trust of Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, and ownership. For the first time since... First time since ever. Now, they know they need to have a good draft again and basically take the picks that they have and I believe invest more on the defensive end. That would be the right thing to do. Getting it right would be if they can get some another linebacker, another corner, probably a couple corners. You probably need a good nickel corner, and you need somebody on the other side. You need to get a good pass rush going on. And I think that would solve, that would take them over the top, whether that would be through the draft or through free agency, because they're going to have a lot of money in free agency. So right now, before the new year, potentially for the NFL kicks in, I, I have extreme confidence that the Detroit Lions will do the right thing to get us in a position to put us in the Super Bowl. That is my two cents on this segment. I'm a big video game guy and I have a PS5 and the news of college football 25 coming back to systems is one of the greatest things I've heard in a long time. Me and my cousin Buster, shout out to him. That's what we would play. That's where the rivalry between us and the competitiveness on these games started with what was with college football. The mere fact that it was on hiatus because of all the stuff that's going on with NIL, um, image and likeness, the lawsuits, it's all been documented. The fact that now the players will have their likeness and their names in the game and they're going to get paid in a copy of the game, I think that's spectacular. But you know what's even more spectacular? We finally going to be able to play college football again. 
You know how long it's been since we've actually played a college game? And on certain levels, it was better than Madden. I don't know what they did in the college game. They didn't take over to the to Madden. But the college game used to be a whole lot better. You could say it's the it's the pageantry. You could say it's the, the campus aura. It just the college game was just better. Then Dynasty Mode, you can build your own team. You can you can rec- it, it, it gave you the full experience. And I'm ecstatic that this game is coming back. That's only one part of the puzzle about college football. In the next few years, things are going to look a lot different. Not only is the game back, but now we have a 12-team playoff. The Big Ten has extended. So now we're going to have <clears throat> the excuse me, the Big Ten and the SEC, number one, number two, respectively. You pick and choose which one. The SEC will probably be number one. The Big Ten will be number two. Those are going to be the two big conferences moving forward everybody else is still going to be major but those two are going to be the biggest one to dictate what happens in the sport i also believe that there has to be a grip on nil because right now the right thing to do is always been to play the players there's a way that you can do it and keep them still be student athletes it's important to get this right because future generations and how the sport will be viewed and looked at is going to have repercussions for everyone. Because everyone always asks, how come the NFL doesn't have a minor league system? And they never need one. They had college. Because most of the players have to be three years removed from high school to go to the NFL. That's the rule. That's always been the rule. But a lot of these kids that were in college, they weren't getting paid. Well, they wouldn't get paid in traditional sense. I'm pretty much sure an alumni gave them some money from time to time, helped them get a car, a place to stay. Their parents would be there. There's always a way to do things behind the closed doors, behind the curtain. Now we pulled the curtain down. The players should be getting something besides just a quality education. Wink. They are making the university millions, if not billions of dollars. The whole thing is licensed and packaged for TV contracts. And you know, those TV contracts are worth billions of dollars. You're telling me that when everyone touches this money, the only person who's not allowed to put his hand in the pot is the athlete who's driving the price, who's driving the merchandise. Come on, man, that ain't right. The right thing to do is let the kid have a taste. But it's more important to get this right. There needs to be something set up so that this system doesn't overtake what's more important. And that is that the person that's coming to that university is a student first, athlete second. He should be allowed to be a student, get a quality education. Second, he's an athlete. He should have a right to make money off of his likeness. He should have a right to be able to take care of himself and also not have his parents worry about whether or not their lights are going to get cut off if they're in an extreme situation or they need food or whatever. Them giving themselves up, especially in college football, their bodies just so that they can provide a better way for their families. 
and I get it. An educa- uh, full, a sport should never trump education. But sometimes you need to do what's deemed necessary to provide for your family. And these kids that eventually do go to the NFL, they leave these universities, they've left their mark. You don't believe me? Just look at the last season. All those great players that left Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, that are now going to the NFL draft, how, how often do you think they're going to go back to the university and check it out and hang out on campus? Probably not that much, not unless they're retiring their jersey. The biggest alumni person I've seen in Michigan in the last 20 years has been Charles Woodson. No disrespect to uh, all the other guys, but I don't see them. I don't see Tom Brady. On, you don't hear about Tom Brady being at Ann Arbor campus. Yes, Jalen Rose went back, but Juwan Howard is now the coach there. The Fab Five was just seen on campus. On Martin Luther King Day this year, I talked about it on a, on a previous episode. Desmond Howard is on College Game Day. He's still respected, and I think he came back when they played Michigan State. But once again, how many big-time players that go to the NFL come back to the college campuses? They only come back when it's convenient. And all actually, they should come back as often as they need to because it's very important that they keep passing the tradition on. That helps the recruiting. That helps uh, bring in the, the money. Once again, the right thing to do would be to, that's just my opinion, but the right thing to do is have something set up like a system. I don't think you need players to sign contracts because they sign a letter of intent. That is the contract. They need to make sure they understand that, hey, you're a student, then you're an athlete. You're required to be a student here. You have to be a student here in order to participate in these other things. As far as NIL, you can have someone who works in these departments and their job is to get your likeness out there or get you a certain amount of compensation for, you know, your likeness and what you're willing to put out there. The NCAA should have been allowed students to make money off of who they are. After all, they're making money off of them hand and foot. Once again, that's just my two cents. take about the NBA All-Star game. It was an incredible game if you like high scoring and a loose run practice. That was not a game. But I must give the 10 players that were on the court, they did a lot of excellent shooting. Especially the East with Damian Lillard and 
uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I felt Tyrese Halliburton probably should have been the MVP because it was his town, but when Damian Lillard hits two half-court threes that looks like a regular shooting motion, you kind of have to give it to him. They scored 211 points. In my lifetime, I never thought an NBA-sanctioned game, let alone an all-star game, would ever get over 200 points. I know this reaction is late, but like I said, I was down for about a week and a half with this little dungus. And I just feel like everyone is doesn't care about the all-star game anymore when it starts from the players all the way to even the people that may be starting to not fill up the seats at these events. But they're coming to the events to see their favorite player. But it's the ratings and the people who are watching that is dwindling. But it's been a trend lately in the NBA that a lot of the ratings have dwindled a little bit, unless it's certain types of matchups. Um, I will say All-Star Weekend was fine, except for the dunk contest. I thought the judges were so-so. So the question is, how do we fix this? How do we... So we're, we're right on the game being non-competitive waste of time i'll watch something else i'll knit something else i'll work on my podcast while the game is on um type movement um i sat down and thought about it while i was like i said like i was down and i came up with at least three different ways to potentially fix the all-star game or at least move it to something totally different um my first suggestion would be instead of playing the all-star game in february i think they ought to move it to the end like the end of the finals like like they do in the nfl they they have the pro bowl at the end just have the all-star game at the end um the mid-season classic you know what just just have a, a, a lot of fundraise, a lot of charitable things. The players who want to participate, who are all-stars, they should come to whatever host city that it's going to be in, and they have a charity game. You still can have the rookie game, and you just do some charitable, charitable things within the city. You talk about, uh, you know, just have a bunch of specials. And then you just play the game and have the Saturday night uh, after the finals. So that's one suggestion. I know that probably didn't move people. Second suggestion I would say is still move the All-Star game till the end of, toward the end of the season, like around June after the finals. And you put the mid-season tournament that you just said was successful in that slot. Hear me out. You would have the semifinal games on Friday night. You'd have the third place game on Saturday night. And then you would have the championship game on Sunday. The whole weekend, Las Vegas, I guarantee you, you would have ratings up the yin game. And those teams that participated they would have a week off while everybody else would come back from this little break and go straight to, you know, go straight and be some scheduling conflict depending on who it is. But everyone would get a week off and you start back fresh. I think that will work. Cause number one, 
um, you want the games to mean something. You want people to have compelling television to watch. And I know they created the in-season tournament to, to get the season started off good. Well, the best way to get the season started off good, to me, instead of the season starting in November, like beginning of November or October, it really should start around maybe a week before Thanksgiving. Therefore, you give teams more opportunities to be in training camp. You have opportunity to have teams have scrimmage in preseason. We need to go back to bases a little bit. These guys need to be in practice. They need to have more scrimmage. They need to be more engaged. But that was one of the suggestions. I had moved the midseason tournament to where the All-Star game is. Move the All-Star game back to June. Booyah. Now... I know someone came up with this concept that they should have U.S. versus the world. They already do that. It's called the World Championships, and it's called the Olympics. So we don't need to see that in an all-star game. But how about this? I think this one might get some traction. And if it does, I expect to see a check from the NBA. How about for the all-star game, you do not play by NBA rules. You play by FIBA rules. That means you make a trapezoid uh, lane, you shorten the court a little bit, it's 10 minute quarters, it's five fouls, you get to uh, knock the ball off the rim, and the ball is not a regular size NBA ball, it's a FIBA ball. And you bring FIBA officials in to officiate the All-Star game, except it'll be done under FIBA rules. And when it's all said and done, both teams will come out, they'll get their medals or whatever, and the charities that they're playing for will get the checks. You still can have All-Star Weekend, you can still do all of those wonderful festivities, but the game on Sunday will be played by FIBA rules. Those are my three suggestions. I don't know if, you know, please leave a comment in the description about whether or not you liked them or not. Uh, they got to do something because the game itself is supposed to showcase the best 20, uh, supposed to, what was it, what, 24 people? I think it's 12 on each side. Let's just say 24 people in the NBA. And all you guys are doing is just going out there having a glorified practice. So shame to the players for not putting up a better competitive front, especially on defense. And I understand maybe you don't want to get hurt. Maybe you're trying to save yourself for the playoffs, but how can you go out there and say you're an NBA player and you're not competing? You're not playing defense. Oh, we're just going to let them. I know there's going to always be leak outs. There's always going to be like a ooze and ahs, but it's got to, you got to have some type of willingness to get in a defensive stance. And we can't make this excuse. Oh, LeBron's 39. He can't sit in that chair like that. He's out there. He's playing, right? He's playing, right? Get on out there and play. Or get out there, get a quick sweat, and go sit down and let these young boys play. This isn't the all-star game I remember from my childhood. We we would see scrappiness. We would see the hunger. We would see the competitiveness. This may be the only time we have an opportunity to go back and forth. I want to show you that th my game has changed. My game is, is, that, is that deal you're just not going to see me. But because of the way the television deals are set up, the way the game is so global now, everyone can see everyone now. 
everyone's got their own Twitter account. They all got their social media, etc., etc. They got their own brand team. It'd just be nice to go back to basis. Adam Silver, you did an excellent job by going back to East and West. Try with the FIBA rules and see if things don't change. That's just my two cents on that. More NBA after this. I don't even know how to begin with this one. But I know everyone has seen Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, Luke Longley are doing a No Bulls tour in Australia. Everyone has commented on it, except for your boy here. I don't even know how to begin this. I don't even know what... First question I had to ask is, how much are y'all getting paid to be fools sitting on a stage because you're upset about a documentary that came out four years ago you're still upset of the way you were portrayed in a documentary that came out four years ago look I understand you have a right to speak your mind I understand you may feel like you need to set the record straight but four years later, you want to set the record straight now? What happened when everyone decided to come out of COVID? That wasn't the right time then? How about 2022? That still wasn't the right time then? Hell, last year. Still wasn't the right time then? Hmm. Now in 2024... You guys want to stand on the stage. I'm only going to talk about Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen. Luke Lonely just looks like he's there for the ride, getting the paycheck. He's providing the platform for the, excuse me, for these two yo-yos to come on stage and speak whatever they need to speak. I'm pretty much sure we'll, you can look a clip on it on YouTube. They're going to, they're probably going to give you all the little juicy details of what really went on. Really? When I last checked, all you guys on the stage won championships with Michael Jordan. All three of y'all, except for Scottie Pippen, Scottie Pippen's a Hall of Famer. But Horace Grant, I looked at your Wikipedia page. You only got maybe two things on there that's worth even mentioning. You were an all-star and yeah, you went to Orlando and shit the bed in that one. But anyway, um, you're not going to make it to the Hall of Fame. Luke Longley, you're probably a good international player, but until you played with the Bulls, I, I didn't know who you were. Um, you had a decent career. Um, you are from Australia. They, they probably love you there, and there's no disrespect because you were a decent player. But, you know, you, you play with Michael Jordan just like all the rest of them. Scotty, stop it. You... I've already addressed you on so many occasions. It's something deeper wrong with you, Scotty, but I'll get to that in a minute. I'm not saying what they're doing isn't right because you have a right to speak for yourself. You have a right to defend yourself. But it's not the right thing to do. It's not the right task right now. First and foremost, did y'all even talk to MJ? I think Scotty did. I don't know if Horace has. 
he did talk to Shannon Sharp, and Shannon Sharp said, and I quote, I quote, there's some things he did not say that he would love to tell, and he he wanted Shannon to say on his behalf, and Shannon told him, no, I think you need to say these things that you're saying to me, and as soon as COVID, you know, things get a little bit better, and the studio opens up, come on in and say your piece. Things opened up. How come you didn't go say your piece? But now you're going to say your piece on this little three-city tour in Australia, how this is a no-bullshit tour. I'm not going to sit there and say, Horace, you, you, you wasn't the only one that was talking to the press. I believe everyone talked to the press. I believe everyone leaked some stuff. But here's the thing. You're upset because Michael Jordan said you had a relationship with Sam Smith. You admitted in the documentary you had a friendship with Steve with uh, Sam Smith. Now, what y'all talked about is what y'all talked about. Liquor, especially there was liquor involved, because liquor is a very good truth teller. To me, you were very lucky to be on the Chicago Bulls to win three championships. You were lucky to later on connect with Shaq and Kobe to win that championship. But once again, if you feel like you need to express yourself and say, hey, you know, there was times I knew if you're going to tell us something that we don't know, by all means, share with the group. Scotty, this is deeper than what it really is, man. Like, this is really sad. Like, I don't even want to bring up the fact that 94, you was the so-called leader and how you quit on your team and Michael comes back. People forget that Michael comes back at the end of 95 to help y'all get to the playoffs and y'all win three more championships and the man told you out his mouth on NBC for everyone to see in perpetuity, you were his MVP. I may get the trophy, he may get the car. He said on the Hall of Fame speech, you just didn't see me. You saw Scottie Pippen. Every championship I won, you saw him. I don't win without Scottie Pippen. And what you say? Michael Jordan's a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. You know what? I did an episode of that. Y'all can check that out, but... Come on, man. Come on. The right thing to do, y'all get out there and y'all may say, look, we weren't all the way friends, but he did help us win these championships. He was this tyrant of a person, but he did work his ass off. He did work his ass off. And you can go into, well, you know, I wasn't the only one talking. It was several other people talking. So you're going to start naming names, Horace? That's what you're going to do? Because if you bought the shits, I guess they bought the shits too. But guess what? In the end, all you're going to do is make people say, hmm, let me check out this last dance documentary and see if they really are telling the truth again. And then they're going to realize, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, y'all in there. Y'all play, he showed y'all playing y'all part. But when you talk about a 10-part documentary series, who do you really want to watch? Do you really want to see Scotty going coast to coast? Or do you want to see Michael Jordan going coast to coast? Do you want to see Horace Grant grabbing rebounds and shooting jump shots? Or do you want to see Michael Jordan grabbing rebounds and dunk 
bottom line is who's the bigger attraction? Michael Jordan or everybody else? You're going to take Michael Jordan. You want to see why he was that damn great. It's no different than LeBron. LeBron is a team player. Everyone has said it. But guess what? He's so much of a team player that when he left Cleveland, the whole team went to shit. So you tell me 95% of the whole team moved to South Beach when he decided to go to South Beach? That's bullshit. Come on. You guys won championships. You are forever bonded. Whatever happened in the 90s, late 80s, 90s, it happened. If you guys did not address it then, why are you trying to address it now? I understand you have a right to your feelings. You are in your feelings. But guess what? MJ probably don't care. And guess what else? Karan really don't care. It's just a good story to comment on. So to reiterate, y'all are right. Go ahead and share your truth. Go ahead. But in order to get this right, <clears throat> y'all need to understand that this tree may fall on y'all. Y'all may not get the the the, the right uh, actions or success you're looking for by sharing what you're right about. There is a thing called timing. And I believe the timing for you guys to speak about how you guys were so betrayed in this documentary or how you felt like you were a prop has came and motherfucking went. Now on to more important news. The NBA is now getting ready to start. It's, it's already in this last little 30 games. We already know that the Boston Celtics are probably be in the Eastern Conference Finals. We probably can pencil them in. The question now is who's going to be there to make the challenge for them. We don't know if Embiid to be back, but right now Milwaukee looks like they're going to be the runaway to be there. Was it the right thing for Doc Rivers to come out from the booth to go back into coaching? For him, he felt that it was. But I hope he understands that if they do not win a championship by next season, he's going to be done in coaching. Why? Because he's had an opportunity with the Clippers, failed, Went to Philadelphia, failed. You were safe in the booth. You know, you know the game. You played the game. You've coached the game. You know everything there is to know about the game. And you decide because I still want to coach. And I have an opportunity to coach them two guys, Damian Lillard and Giannis. I'm gonna take my shot. Go ahead, Doc. But Make sure you, to get this right, you got to at least get to the finals. I think you have to get to the finals to save your job. I do believe they, they, they will listen to you because they do respect you because you did win a championship, even though that was years ago. You're still living off that one title that you won and that one you lost. The Clippers never got close. Philadelphia never got close. You have to take this team to the finals, Doc whether it be this year or next, preferably by next year. This year, conference final, I think that's good enough. That warrants you coming back for another season. But if you do not take them to the NBA finals between now and next season, you're done as a head coach. To reiterate, Doc Rivers felt it was the right thing for him to leave the booth 
to go back into coaching. The more important thing to get this right, he has to get this team to at least the conference finals at least this year or the NBA finals next year to keep his job. He just does. Now, let's go to the West for a hot second. Can Minnesota, OKC, the Young Bucks stop Denver from repeating and coming back to the finals? I'm going to say no. But right now, they are the hot ticket. They are the two teams right now that are kind of neck and neck out West. I think the most important right thing is they need to get some experience. Always felt teams that have championship experience always gets to the championship. They always get to the finals. But there is a thing called hunger and potentially either Minnesota or OKC could potentially surprise all of us and beat Denver. But it's hard to go against Nikola Jokic and what he's doing. He's putting up triple doubles like it's nothing, like it's a tic-tac. But I don't believe that's the team that you need to be looking out for. This might be finally the year the Clippers do it. But I'm a wait-and-see approach type guy. You know why? Because every year we think the Clippers are going to make that move, they disappoint us. They They just disappoint us. It's like that child that you just hope and pray is going to turn the corner and stay good. You don't have to go up to that school. Then he does something and you're like, God damn it. Got to take off work, go up here. What what happened now? I thought we had an understanding. That's what the Clippers are. They have all the pieces in place. They got a championship coach. They got two good wing players that are still good. You got two other guys who are former MVPs still playing at a high level. Not their, not the top level, still playing at a high level. And you got good supporting players around them to shoot the three and as well as play some defense. It's up to the Clippers. That would be awesome if they won and then ring night to be at that new new arena they got out there in, in Inglewood. Woo! That looks like that's going to be the new state-of-the-art facility, no doubt. So, once again, do I think OKC or Minnesota will be the team? to Can they, de- can they de- dethrone the Denver Nuggets? The right thing to say would be no. They need more experience. But to get this right, they could have the hunger, and then by challenging them, they're getting all the experience they need to beat Denver and move on to the finals. Sometimes you just got to take it. But as well as the Clippers, we're right about who they are. Now it's just up to them to go out there and prove us all wrong and at least get to the NBA finals. They've been to the conference finals. Now they just need to get to the NBA finals. And that is my two cents on that. Now, I did want to touch on a TV show I just got done watching, and that is, it's in the Power Universe, Raising Canaan. There's also two other things I want to talk about after this, but I'll get to the Raising Canaan part first. 
Well, season three has now been in the books, and I'm gonna say it was an excellent season. So, as a disclaimer, if you haven't seen the season, I'm gonna tell a few things that might piss you off. So, if you don't want to listen to this part, just skip on to the conclusion. To start with, if you watch season two at the end, it picked off like probably what a couple of hours later after the projects got invaded by Sal Baselli's people, uh, the radio, the record station where Lou was at and Rock's house where Jukebox Mob got killed. And they did an excellent job writing the conflict within the Thomas family. Everyone's got something going on this particular season. Where compared to last season, you know, you saw how the family dynamics were starting to reconnect or connect outward. This season, everyone's going through their journey. Rock is contemplating not being in the drug game no more. Brother Lou is an alcoholic, and he's basically coming to terms with the decisions that he's made, and he's blaming everyone but the person he should be blaming, which is himself. Kanan is tired of dealing with his mom's inability to be honest with him and decide to strike out on his own. Marvin has went guru happy. He's still gangster on the inside, but he wants to help everyone. He wants to be the love guru or the happy guru or I want to help everyone guru. Unique is having an affair with Rock, but at the same time, He's still trying to take care of home and get some type of business going up. During the course of the season, um, Rock does do business with uh, Stefano. Uh, some new characters, Snaps and Pops, show up. And Unique's brother, Ronnie, shows up. And Ronnie is the guy not to fuck with. Also, Kane's father, Detective Howard, shows up and his messy self, he does some dirt as well. All in all, this season they got right because a lot of the cats that caused a lot of issues in the past, uh, currently this season, you will not see in season four. Uh, but they did get one thing right they decided to bring back a character they were going to kill off and I think that's excellent that they brought that character back now there I'm gonna I'm gonna also let you know that brother Lou is at the end of his tracks they do send him off to rehab they don't kill him but at the same time he kind of is coming to terms with the bullshit that he's done. He's done a lot of bullshit this season. He, he did a lot of drinking. He stirred up some shit. And he basically, in the end, was fighting for his life for his sister not to kill him. Of course, Rock goes back to doing what she loves to do the most, which is manipulate and sell drugs. Kanan makes a big step forward in his life and his journey of being that monster we saw on Power. And Jukebox... We're close to seeing how Jukebox became really, really cold. She did make her dream come true by being in the girls group. She did make her dream come true by performing in front of a bunch of people. 
but that all got taken away by the FBI and her family. She is now getting ready to go into the military. And season four, I expect a lot. I expect to see her and Kanan get into it. I expect one of the Thomases to probably get clipped. But all in all, season three was outstanding. Without telling any more of the story, please check it out. It is on Stars. Oh yeah, this Friday, everyone's favorite show is back, BMF. Now, I'll go into detail when that's over with because that's, you know, that's around in our neighborhood, Southwest Detroit. Shout out to the BMF crew. But all in all, the power spinoffs have, to me, have been very good. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but they've been very, very good. So check it out. Check out Raising Canaan season three. That's in the books. Uh, I believe Power Book 2 will be coming back after BMF, but BMF starts up this Friday. We definitely got to see what Meech and Terry are going to be doing this particular season. I do believe from some of the clips I've seen, they are going to be expanding BMF across across the country. We know they're going to be in Atlanta. We know it's going to be some bullshit that go down in Atlanta, as well as some shit that go on in Detroit. I just cannot wait for this season. And more importantly, I want to know who's going to be narrating this season. Season one of BMF, you had Meech. Season two, you had Terry. Who's going to narrate season three? Hmm. We'll check it out on Friday. You should too. come to a conclusion on today's episode i want to thank you for listening and if you haven't already please subscribe you'll be alerted every time i upload a new episode shout out to the people at initial brand they are putting together something new to their company which will be a store i cannot wait for the grand opening so shout out to them um you can probably look them up on social media on instagram or Facebook, and I believe that someone is doing a tutorial of how everything is coming together. They do embroidering, they do everything. There's nothing these people cannot do. Um, if you go in there, just tell them, hey, you heard it on Lunch Table Talk. And, you know, Karan says you guys are A1, and they are. Actually, I'm going to get some t-shirts from them uh, this coming up week. So anyway, um, we talked about that. So as we end today's episode, I just want to say it's more important to get it right than it is to be right. And that's my statement. I'm going to stick to it. Stay safe out there. Show some love this summer. Peace. <laughs>